Hey everybody, this week's podcast is brought to you by DirecTV. Not many people know this, but when MMA was rising from the dead, DirecTV was one of the first providers to air both Pride FC and UFC. Cable-crushing deals starting at $29.99, huge discount. If you visit thedreamingleapro.com and click the link. And if you aren't allergic to parties, sign up and start saving money today with DirecTV. Now with Dream Elite Podcast, starring Max, Adam, Brandon, and myself. Welcome to Dream Elite Radio. Holy shit, it's been a while. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Dream Elite Podcast. You're on GeneLeaguePro.com. It's been a while, guys. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Of course, our panel of hosts with the most, starting with the MMA genius, with that 60 foot, you know what I'm talking about. Give me that! I miss doing that, Max. Yeah. How you doing? Damn, I miss I miss hearing that, man. I think the measurements keep changing, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. Ready for tonight's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, and also, our second host of the evening, it's going to be... Here's Johnny. What's up, John? Hey, it's good to be back, man. Good to be back. Good to hear you again. Good to hear your sweet, sultry voice back on the podcast. Your brother is hard work training. Uh, Adam is late as per usual. And uh, how you guys been, by the way, John? Starting with you, where, where the fuck have you been, man? You got a promotion. You're doing big things. How, how's it feel, man? Yeah, it's good. It's good to be on top, man. Um, I moved on up to the 10th floor. Don't get to see you guys as often. Definitely miss you all. But, you know, it's, it's all working out for me up there. I met your sexy beard and face, man. And Max. What have you been up to? We we, we got to catch up on a lot of time, baby. Uh, it's been a, a month. We haven't been on the podcast. What have you been up to? Man, just chilling, getting my apartment together with my girl and just managing that work, working hard. Are you still dating that awesome girl you were talking about all those months ago? I think so, Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Very cool. Big shout-out to her, by the way, for allowing you to do this podcast. Oh, big shout-out. Big shout-out. Oh, big shout-out. Big shout-out to her. She's the best. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> We're back on the podcast, back doing this uh, thing on DreamLeadPro.com. A lot to talk about, a lot of ground to cover. We're cramming our heads figuring out what the fuck we're going to talk about. It's, it's our first podcast back, but, you know, first things first, because we want to get to UFC 205, obviously Lyman Good's coming on the show, uh, but UFC 204. And you and I, we're, we're all talking, we're like, oh, shit, well, we're going to talk about UFC 204. Uh, I think the main event, and Dan Hendo, main eventing this card Hits his last fight. He's fighting against a huge rival in Michael Cal Bisping. I mean, John, like, passing over to you, bro. Like, this, you know, this card is not as attractive as you would think. But like, with Hendo retiring, would it, would anything ever match up to a retirement fight with uh, Dan Henderson? Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, this, this could be the absolute storybook ending to to Dan Henderson's career. He, he's pretty much collected titles in every promotion he's been in, from Pride to Strikeforce. And he, he's just he hasn't been able to get that UFC title. He's had two tries so far, once against Rampage and then the other against Anderson. And now he's coming in to fight against a guy he, he's beaten in the past. And 
I just don't know if he's going to get it done. This is this is going to be a tough fight, but anything can happen. And uh, I'm not honestly sure who I'm, I'm going for in that one. Yeah. And, Max, what do you think about this fight? Yeah, definitely. Um, Henderson definitely had a storybook ending, especially if he, if he wins this fight on Saturday, um, to walk away with, uh, you know, three-time champion, three multiple, you know, different, you know, weight classes as well. So it's like, it'd be amazing. But uh, I don't know. I think Bisvinga is too much for him. He'll probably turn up the pace in the end of the second round and just put it on him in the third and probably possibly either TKO him or submit him. Bisvinga's ground game is very underrated. I can see him taking down and even submitting a, a gas Henderson late in the third, possibly. You, you, you think that uh, this being Henderson, like, you, you think that – Henderson doesn't have enough in the tank to actually do the same thing he did in the first fight because Henderson, as inconsistent as he's been throughout his career, during the big fights like with Vanderlei Silva and with, uh, you know, like I, I remember him fighting Muriel Bustamante and he was the huge underdog in the Grand Prix tournament in Pride. Like, uh, all, the, all the big fights, he's always found a way to shine. And he's always found a way to, to pull through. Like, John, you don't think he, he has enough in the tank to actually get the job done or you think that thing's going to run away with this one? I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true, the the fact that he always gets it done in the, the big fights because he had two big fights when he entered the UFC. His first fight was against uh, Rampage when he was coming over from Pride, and he didn't get it done against Rampage. He had another huge fight against Anderson, got submitted in the second round. Um, I wouldn't say he wilts under pressure, but I wouldn't necessarily say he shines under pressure either. Yeah, exactly. I have and, to, uh, I have I, to I, agree. Yeah, but like Bisbing's looking like uh, an output machine more more than he has in the past, and it's smart smart output. He'll just put it up on the first round. He'll give you a little, then he'll give you more in the second. By the third, you're just outnumbered by the amount of shots he's landing on you. Because even to outland someone that you know, like the likes of Anderson Silva, is you know, uh, two fights ago, and then to knock out Luke Rockhold, I don't I don't know what you know what Henderson has besides that right hand and his wrestling ability. To, to do to to business. I just see him taking him out in third, possibly the fourth. Yo, he was so yeah, funny he... during the press conference. Did you guys watch the press conference where Bisping's like, oh, all the men, all men Bisping, oh, old man Henderson, how you doing? <laughs> uh, and like, he's shaking hands, talking shit with him. Did you guys yeah. watch the pre- press conference? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I just talk yeah, so much no, shit. I, I haven't had a chance to check it out, but you you could. You could bet that this was going to be talking shit up until the fight. That's like people people kind of forget, you know, he was one of the original shit talkers. Like uh-huh. before the Conor McGregor's, even before Chael Sonnen like showed up on the scene, it was it was Bisping talking shit in the the tough house, and you know, all the way up until today, he's going to continue talking shit. For sure, especially yeah. being in his hometown, it's going to be amplified by a thousand because he yeah. sees what's happening for Conor McGregor and the, and the Irish fans. He wants that following as well. He's a champion now. It's his time to shine. So he, he, he wants he wants a spotlight right now. He after this, I bet you he takes a hiatus and, you know, does some movies for a little while until the new year. Yeah, and I feel bad for everyone that's on the uh, the, the main card because, you know, Vitor Belfort fighting uh Jagar uh, Musashi, I, I would I would that would main event a fight night. That would main event a card, but like every everything's being overshadowed. I mean Open St. Cruz comes back, uh, Stefan Struve comes back, like, a lot a lot of great big names on this fucking card, and, like, 
everyone's talking about this one fight, and maybe it's because Michael Bisping has been on fire, and, you know, he, he believes in himself, and, like, you guys are absolutely right that he comes from the original shit talkers. I mean, his ultimate fighter coach was Tito Ortiz. I mean, he doesn't get more <laughs> shit talker than Tito Ortiz. So, uh, you guys are absolutely right. Any, any fights that stick out, though, because you and I were all laughing, uh, we, we were all laughing about the fact that there were no fights that stand out in this card. Is there any other fights on this card that actually, like, appease to you guys or, like, you know... Makes sense, or I guess the the Vitor Gegard fight, um, because yeah. it, it's you know different for each guy. If Vitor wins, it kind of leaves him where he's at already. He's had way too many title shots. I don't see him getting another shot, you know, anytime soon, um, unless they want to do it and um, just like they just did with Henderson, make a rematch with Bisping and Vitor. But I highly doubt that. But um, Gegard, I see this moving him up the the ranks. And possibly, you know, in contention for sure to beat somebody, especially if he beats him, you know, definitively or stops him in the first round. Uh, I can definitely see him going for a title shot. Yeah, absolutely. And Vitor has been in the game for so long, and you know, I I, I always think of Vitor as like the mainstays or kind of like the the gatekeeper of uh, of any division he's walked into, whether it's middleweight, light heavyweight. He was a heavyweight when he first started his career, but uh, like any any. Fights on this card that actually interest you, John? Any fights that you can say I, I look forward to? Um, yeah, I mean, I have to, to kind of agree with Max on this one. It would be the co-main event, Vitor versus Gegard. For for Vitor, man, he, he really needs this victory. I mean, he hasn't looked great in, in his last, I don't know, two performances. I mean, he beat Dan Henderson, but, you know, Dan Henderson was kind of, he's kind of coming to the end of his career. And if, if Vitor doesn't like get a, a good solid win Saturday night, he he's gonna have to start answering that whole retirement question. You know, like he might he might be done. As for Gegard, he should you know be able to like get through this and and finally get back into the mix. You know, this is not a number one contender match, but Gegard you know defeating Vitor definitely puts him into the mix into that whole little you know closer to that tournament they're kind of having with with Luke Rockhold and Jacare and and Weidman versus Romero. Absolutely. And I want to bring up, too, because we were all at the press conference. We were all chilling and watching it unfold. The the the, the event that we're actually looking forward to is UFC 205. With Lyman Good, he's going to be fighting on, and we're going to be talking to him in a little bit. But UFC 205, the card is stacked top to bottom. It's it's such an incredible card, and what a kickoff for, for Madison Square Garden. It, you, you don't haven't fought until you fought in front of a New York crowd. It, it, what, what, what fights stand out to you guys? Obviously, besides Conor McGregor, but what fights are you guys looking forward to on UFC 205? I mean, honestly, it's like, what fight am I not looking forward to on UFC 205? I mean, even, I'm interested to see Liz Carnouche get back into the mix, man. I mean, people forget she was the first female fighter to ever enter the octagon. She She came out first for that Ronda Rousey fight, you know, and she made history the first openly gay female. And, you know, she's, she's kind of been hit or miss lately. But, you know, damn, it would be cool to see her get that win. And then we have Lyman on the fight. We have Miller. You know, I, I don't know what fight wouldn't you be, you know, interested. Oh, yeah. to me, hey, all the- definitely the, the Joanna fight, man. That Joanna versus that Carolina fight is going to be crazy. That's gonna that's probably gonna steal the night. I hope that fight goes five rounds. That's how that's I, how bad I want to see. You know what? I want I want Joanna to get a finish again, man. She she's beaten Carolina back in the day in their amateurs, um, 
I think she'll finish her again, man. I think she's going to, yeah, like, I agree. Show, she, she's, but, tra- she's training in the ATT now, too. I think she's going to show, like, a different a different type of aggression now. I, I think I, she's going to get a finish. I agree that I do want to see her finish girls more, but she just, the, the more you see her fight, you just see her more and more she comes out, especially her last fight. You know, she the first two rounds were a little shaky versus Gardelio, maybe even the third the third round. But like she just she just got better and better throughout the fight, and yeah, you yeah. wanted to see a sixth round. Yeah, absolutely. If she turns it on, and she if she turns it on in the first round, but sometimes she tends to coast. We know she's not gonna knock her out with her. I mean, she probably take her or something like that. She's a smart fighter. She's not gonna go for the knockout. So knowing her, it might go five rounds. So like it it would be a spectacle, especially if these two yeah. stand and bang. It'd be really great. No, I agree. You know what fight I'm actually looking forward to? And I was uh, I was watching at the press conference. And I just think it's going to be a crazy fight. Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero. I, I just think it's going to be a crazy fight. It's going to be the sleeper fight of the night. For sure. Yeah, that's going to be either a wrestling clinic or a striking clinic because these guys mm-hmm. are great wrestlers. Yoel might actually I mean be a better wrestler. You know, on, I mean, the, you uh, know, on paper, he's like technically a better wrestler, but yeah, yeah, I don't know his MMA wrestling. MMA wise, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So even also, it's gonna the wrestling is gonna negate, and we're gonna see these guys stand and bang. And if that's the case, I say Weidman takes it. He's slightly cleaner, but he, but you all has the power. Yo, dude, but Alvarez versus McGregor, and I want we're gonna talk more of the detail. Uh, when Lyman Good comes on the show, but like Eddie, does Eddie Alvarez or does Conor McGregor rather have the chance to become a two division champion? Is this really going to be feasible? Especially Eddie Alvarez is coming off a huge win. Can Conor McGregor win? Realistically speaking, win two belts in two different weight classes? Do you think it's his fight to lose, or do you think it's actually going to be an underdog when he goes against a bigger opponent? I agree. I believe 100% he can win this fight. Eddie's been rocked in multiple fights, and Conor is somebody who's not going to chase you after your rock. He's going to pick his shots and put you out. It's, it, it actually depends on what Eddie does after he gets rocked. But if Eddie comes in with a smart game plans and pressures, pressures Conor against the, the fence, we've seen him negate everybody striking. I know Conor is, you know, leaps and bounds amongst, you know, some people that he's fought, but his wrestling, I think, might be the key in winning this fight. So either, just like the other fight, it's going to be either the striking of Conor or the grappling of Eddie. And I think Eddie may be able to finish in the first as well with a submission, or Conor may yeah, you know, knock him out in the first. Absolutely, John. So it might be got? a fast fight either way. Who do you got in this fight, John? Anybody? Um. You, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, at, at I, right? I, what was that? Hey, you're ready for Eddie, right? <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I, I got I got mad love for Eddie, man. I, I've been following him for years, man. He he's yeah. truly the underground king. He uh. He he's collected titles almost every promotion he's been in, and you know when he beat RDA, I was I was cheering the loudest, man. Like I was so happy for him. With that said, this is this is probably Conor McGregor's best matchup to get the lightweight title. You know, stylistically, this is a matchup where he could definitely clip Eddie and hurt him badly. Like if 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 this was like Khabib, I'd feel less confident. If this was RDA, I'd feel a little less confident. You know, but with Eddie in there, I feel like. You know, Eddie, Eddie doesn't mind banging sometimes, and he could get in trouble for that. Granted, he has spoke about how he believes wrestling is the key to beat Conor. And he, he spoke upon how he doesn't understand why people haven't utilized wrestling against him. But, you know, some people have and it didn't work out. I mean, look at Chad Mendes. You know, it, it, he's arguably the best wrestler in 
you know, the featherweight division, and Connor managed to get up a few times. He's managed to stop a few takedowns. And he's only been getting better with his, his grappling defense. So I, I don't know. Hey, I don't know if it's going to be as easy as Eddie thinks. Very good. And, John, we're going to kick that right back because right now on the line, the guy who is actually fighting at UFC 205, New York's own, former Bellator world champion, top, top UFC prospect, and one of the best in the game right now, Lyman Good. Hey, Lyman, how you doing, hey, brother? guys. I'm good. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Lyman? Doing great. Good to have you, man. All right, so uh, Max, very cool. And Max, you're going to ask the first question, and I'll kick it back to me, and uh, we're going to go down uh, go down the road and uh, ask you some uh, some questions. Okay, Lyman? All right, no problem. Cool. Hey, what's up, Lyman? Thanks for taking your time out tonight, you know, and being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you guys coming out to me and, uh, you know, having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. And um, being, being a, a native New Yorker yourself, um, I know you've been petitioning for years and years for MMA to come to New York and finally having it in New York and Madison Square Garden and being on that first card. Uh, how, how does this feel? I know you, you've heard this question probably a million times already in the last few months, but how does it feel? I mean, answering this question really, I don't think can get old. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a blessing for me to be on such a monumental card on something as big as UFC in New York City and the first ever being in, uh, you know, New York, um, you know, I just feel blessed, to be honest, blessed with the opportunity to uh, fight in my own hometown and, um, you know, to be a part of uh, history, basically. Cool, cool. Very cool. And uh, so your career has been nothing but victory. You've accomplished so much throughout your career, and you were the inaugural Bellator welterweight champion. You've done so much in such a short amount of time. Uh, take us back, though. If you, you know, getting to the Amis and then getting right to the professional, getting to Bellator and now landing in the UFC, how does it feel knowing what you know now, going right back from beginning of your career? How does it feel that you have finally reached the biggest pinnacle of your career, the biggest stage of your career, and now fighting on one of the biggest cards ever? It's, uh, you know, it's a feeling that's very self-rewarding because of the fact that I've, you know, um, you're, you're mentioning a lot of my merits and accomplishments, but a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of downfalls as well and a lot of, you know, hardships and, uh, you know, tribulations, a lot of things that have kind of cast me down or tried pushing me down or, you know, a lot of obstacles in the way. So the feeling, the biggest feeling I get from all of this is a, a, a feeling of self-accomplishment and uh, self-reward and, um, you know, pride too, because, because of all those hardships I've, you know, I've, I've uh, endured and I went through a lot to be able to, you know, be where I'm at today. You know, it wasn't, it was no easy task. I could tell you that, you know, and, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I attribute, you know, where I am today is a lot of it's my team and the people have been around me to push me and motivate me simply to never give up. You know, that's another message I'm, I'm hoping to get out there, you know, in this first uh, ever, you know, New York City card a lot of other aspiring mixed martial artists, you know, that, you know, through, you know, your, your difficulties and all the, you know, your hardships and stuff along the road of your career, you know, that, that's what's really going to test you to, you know, kind of make you realize and ask yourself every day before you go to bed, you know, how bad do you really want this? Are you willing to get up the next day early in the morning, get your ass up and do what you have to do and work your ass off 
again and again and again to be where you are today, you know. So that that's the biggest thing I'd say I, I felt from all the years, you know, of competing and everything that, you know, all my successes and everything, you know. Very cool. Hey, John? Cool. Um, thank you. Thank you again for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but you are like one of two fighters that are actually from New York. It's you and Chris. Um, you can count Rashad Evans if you like. So I was just curious, was was this a, a fight card you were pushing to get on? I mean, you haven't fought since 2015, I believe, and was it due to injury or were you waiting it out? Did you need a break? And then once this opportunity arise, you know, it finally became official, was, was it something you pushed your management to get you onto or did the UFC reach out to you or how did that come about? You know what? It felt like the stars were kind of aligning along the months um, after an injury I sustained. So this is probably something, I'm not sure if you, if, uh, you guys were aware, I had uh, an injury I sustained a little, re- almost a year ago. Um, and it required surgery. So I had that taken care of. This was in December. And, you know, I've been through the reco- uh, road of recovery ever since. And I hadn't really had my, you know, my, my sights on the New York card. You know, I mean, even even not too long ago, there was no prospect of a New York card because it wasn't even, you know, like um, it wasn't booked or legalized or anything yet. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, sure. You know, there was for sure. So I was just kind of going about, you know, just my own, uh, you know, my my own road of recovery and just uh, getting back and getting back into training. And then, you know, one thing that UFC is great about, which I'm, I'm very appreciative for is the fact that, uh, you know, when there's injuries involved, you know, they know the deal. They, they've been through it, you know, hundreds of times. So, they, um, you know, Joe Silva wished me a speedy recovery, told me to take care of it, do what I got to do, and whenever I feel ready, you know, uh, let them know, give them a call. So around the time where, you know, I was starting to feel good and then I was ready to go back out there and, uh, you know, start doing my thing, it was when they had, you know, booked the New York card, and it just – kind of coincidentally, you know, happen to fall around the time where I'm ready to go out there and, you know, and wage war and start, you know, and um, pick up a fight, basically. And it kind of just aligned perfectly timing-wise from when I had the surgery to all the months of training to, you know, my resurgence and my health and everything, all the way now leading up to this opportunity and, uh, you know, coming up in November 12th. So it was a kind of a combination of, you know, being patient because I could have I felt like I could have probably, you know, knowing my stubborn nature, say, you know, if, you know, screw that. I'm just going to go out there. You know, I'm not 100% yet, but I want to go out and fight. Or do, do I give myself some more time to heal and then, uh, you know, be a little patient. And then when I'm 100%, I let UFC know. So I kind of took that road and it, you know, it paid off. You know, patience was a virtue in this matter and it definitely paid off for me, you know. Awesome, man. Awesome. You de- definitely made the right move. Thank you. Hey, Mac. Hey, Lyman. Uh, at your C205, you, you face a crafty boxer in Bilal Muhammad. How do you uh, yeah. uh, see you approaching the fight? Um, I mean, I think it's a great fight, first of all. You know, his his sure. skill set and what he brings to the table and my style, I think stylistically, it's a, it's a, it's a good match. It's going to be a fun fight. Um you know, his style plus mine, it, it, it's it's kind of right up my alley, you know, because I'm a very forward 
pressured, explosive kind of fighter, you know, and uh, from what I see, he's very similar. He's, you know, more like a forward. He applies the pressure. And that that kind of, you know, um, the combination of the two, I think, really serves for a good fight, you know, for a lot of action. So, you know, there's a, there's a fight that I think is going to be really fun and I'm excited for it. I'm trying really hard for it, man. It's a, it's a good fight. Awesome, man. And uh, what, what I appreciate most about you is the fact that, you know, you've sustained, you've always gotten better. Every single fight you've come into, you've gotten better and better and better. And especially it, it showed it. you debuted July of 2015 on a fight night card and you won by KO and you won in impressive fashion against a very, very tough opponent. And what, mm-hmm. because you've accomplished so much, you, you won the first welterweight championship in Bellator, you've won titles, you fought for CFFC, you fought for all primetime promotions. Uh, what would you say is the most important thing or the most important takeaway or the most proud of accomplishment? Was it landing on the doorstep of UFC and finally making it to the, the biggest league of them all or the, winning that first Bellator world championship and that always is going to be in the record book or just getting started in your MMA career and going into the stages of this great sport to where you are now and winning always in impressive fashion. I think, you know, there's a lot that's on my resume and, you know, if, for each of those things that ha- that are on my record is kind of a notch for me, you know, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really hold it in high regards, you know, in a sense where I look at it, I'm like, Oh, you know, I did, because I did this in the past, you know, I'm good enough. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I think the key, uh, you know, the, the key to success in this kind of sport, that's an ever evolving sport is to have non-complacency. Basically that, you know, you tell yourself that, all right, you, you're, you're good and you know, you're getting good or you're good enough, but tomorrow is not going to be good enough. Tomorrow you got to get better and better and better because the caliber of today's fighter, man, is is just only getting better and better and better, and it's just insane. It's it's so it's so awesome and unbelievable to see like the caliber of you know the the fighters this day, you know, in this generation. It's only getting better and better. So I think part of it has to do with recognizing your your past accomplishments, but at the same time forgetting about it and saying that that was in the past, you know, and you keep your head down. And, you know, you, you always stay humble. That's another thing you know, I'm, I'm big on. I'm not one of those big shot fighters, you know, that, like, talks trash and, you know, goes out there and says they're the best. You know, I always kind of stay in my lane. I have my blinkers on. I just kind of stay, you know, you know, with my eyes down to the ground, but constantly working to fight my way up the food chain. You know what I mean? I think that's a key, you know, uh, ingredient to success in anybody's career with MMA it's that you can't be complacent. You can't say, all right, because I've done this in the past and it's, and it's gotten me here that that's good enough. You know what I mean? Because people are just only getting better and better and who you are today, you could have been the best, but guess what? There's someone else out there somewhere in this world, just training ridiculously hard and just, just, you know, these, these people that come like out of <laughs> literally from the dungeons, you know, training hard and just like raw and just, you know, putting themselves basically through, you know, through the fire to go out there and for them to be the best. So in order to offset that, you got to constantly train as if you're not the best yourself. You know, I don't consider myself to be the best yet. You know, I'm in a constant, um, you know, uh, I'm in a constant pursuit of trying to get to that point. You know what I mean? 
but in order to to be that way, I think it has to do with humility as well. You know what I mean? I think in the sport, it, you know, it's gone it's gone a long way for me at least. You know, to each their own. But the one thing that's helped me a lot is always just kind of say, all right, like this is good, but I got to get better and better. I don't focus so much on you know that I've earned welterweight champs you know, championships in this past event or another welterweight champion, you know, another event. For me, the biggest thing is just where I want to be tomorrow, not where I was yesterday, you know. Cool. Hey, John. Yeah. um, Hey, I I was just curious. um, Your your division championship is going to be defended on the same night as, you know, your fight. And just out of curiosity, who who do you have in that matchup or who would you prefer to take on it? you know, as the champion? Would it be Woodley or, or Thompson? Whoever's a better fighter to be the <laughs> champion, you you gotta you gotta be you know you gotta beat the best basically. You know, yeah. and um it's it's a very interesting matchup. You know, the styles are is uh it's 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 one that's definitely where one has to impose on the other, you know, because of the difference in the in the their styles. But it's basically whoever, you know, whoever's a better champion is the best person to want to, uh, you know, strive to try to fight one day. You know what I mean? Because I think, like, like I said, in order to prove to everybody that you're the best, you have to beat the best. You know what I mean? <clears throat> awesome, man. Sorry about that. My phone was on mute. <laughs> hey, Lyman. <Lyman's okay. laughs> um, yeah, um, seeing that you're fighting uh, by uh, Bill Muhammad coming on uh, mm-hmm. UFC 205, where do you, with, with a win and an impressive win, where do you hope this puts you in the division right now? Um, being, you know, I, I know that Reebok's here now and the sponsorship Mondays where the, the, you know, the top 15 fighters and the top 10 fighters and the top five get paid. Where do you think yeah. this puts you in the rankings? Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, this is going to, is going to put me as far as rankings and whatnot, but I think this is definitely a fight to put me back on the map because I have been, you know, out of, out of action for some time. So I don't expect immediately to, you know, start getting all these, you know, high, you know, um, like top 10, you know, um, fights for me to get up there. I think right now it's a matter of me getting back on, you know, back on the scene and putting myself back on the map. So people remember who Lyman good is. I think that's the most important thing right now is, you know. And here's the question, too, because um, we're going to ask two more questions. We'll get you right back to your busy night. Um, So Mm -hmm. the MMA scene right now, UFC just got bought. Uh, Right now the main event, which I'm glad you're on this card because that means more eyes are going to see you and see what you have to offer. And millions of people at home are going to be watching this fight. And the the fight, the main event, of course, is Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. Uh, the direction of the sport, where it's going. And, of course, you're not a fan of the, the, the trash talking, all the, the shit talking back and forth. That's not your style. And that's what I appreciate most about you and respect most about you. But do you think that those type of main events, those type of big fights, like those type of uh, trash talking personal fights are good for the sport, bad for the sport, or are you indifferent of it until you get to that main event and you sell the card based on your self-respect and respect for your opponents? Good or bad for the sport? If you want to talk about business, you know, on that front, I think it's great for the sport. You know, if you look back then, Muhammad Ali, you know, he, he sold fights. You know, he made people want to watch his fights, whether people knew who he was or not. 
and people to this day know exactly who Muhammad Ali is, you know. Now we're talking in MMA, this is an ever-growing sport. And, the you know, I, I think our biggest push as MMA fighters is to get it out there as prolific and as important as a sport as, like, the NBA or, you know, NFL or any of that. And I think fights like the Conor McGregor and Alvarez and, you know, McGregor's method of, you know, his trash talk and getting underneath people's skin and doing his, you know, his, his usual, I think is great for the sport because you get the casual fans who want to tune in and watch, like, who is this guy, you know, talk, like saying all this shit on TV. And you, you know what I mean? It, it, I think it, it, it kind of captures a lot of people's attention and the more attention it brings to the sport, then yeah, then you start to see the other guys. And then what's cool about it is that you also, once you get in tune with watching and then you see how the other fighters are, then you realize like, you're like, they're not all like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's just his style. That's just McGregor. You know, that's his method. You know what I mean? That's his, his approach to the, you know, to his fights, but you got other guys who are, you know, they're, they're more like respectable and you got this guy, you know, then it starts kind of creating characters and personas for the fighters, which I think is great in itself too. So if you look at it, you know, from that perspective, I think to answer your question, I think it's great for the sport. It, help, it definitely helps to sell it and to get it out there. And, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to see McGregor fight now? You know what I mean? Even if McGregor's talking trash about somebody, the fact that his name is coming out of, you know, his mouth is giving some notoriety to that fighter. Even if it's a fighter that people don't know about, the fact that McGregor just, like, looked across, you know, from the press conference to talk trash about somebody who's, you know, not who he wasn't going to fight makes people automatically want to look that person up and then make them, you know, like want to fight them and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's cool. I think the direction it's taken is awesome. I think this is still going to be, like I said before, an ever growing sport and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Those are, you know, that's, that's my dreams. That's my aspirations for the sport as well. Cool. Let's kick it over to John. John, last question. Hey, um, so it's been it's been over a year since you you last stepped into the octagon, and I'm just wondering: Are you at all worried about ring rust, or or is it a myth, as Dominic Cruz says? No, I don't think it's. There's no ring rust, really, to be honest. I've, I've dealt with it in the past. There's definitely no ring rust. I mean, my my approach in training is to replicate and simulate, you know, as as much of the fight as possible. So, you know, my, my, the way I approach my training is to make it as real as possible. And I'm getting a lot of these outsiders who are coming in. You know, I, I don't train, I don't just train a lot with my own team. You know, I have a great team that I'm very thankful for and they're always there to help and, uh, you know, to get my skills set up. But in addition to that, I also have, we, we get outsiders who come in who don't know much at, or, you know, at all, um, you know, about like about me or anything. And they just come in and it's legit like a fight, you know what I mean? So it, it's definitely replicated. You can't, I mean, you can only go so far as replicating, you know, an actual UFC event, but the training, you know, how hard the training is, is there. The preparation is there. The mindset is there. I think by the time I walk in, if it was, you know, one month or if it was one year, you know, the mindset's still the same. It doesn't really change. That's, I think that's, kind of like a myth, you know, like you said. That's awesome. And speaking on behalf of us New Yorkers, thanks for representing us in UFC 205. You're representing us with class and walking in there with a huge resume, huge record. And is there any last words or parting words you could say about UFC 205 
fighting in Madison Square Garden or anything that we can take home uh, for the for the evening? Absolutely. I mean, again, thank you all for your support, and I definitely I carry all you guys out there on my shoulder, you know, to to represent New York City. You know what I mean? It's something that I've been wanting to do for for many years is to have this opportunity to represent my community, to represent my city, my you know Spanish heritage and everything. You know, so there's definitely a lot of pride going out to this fight. You know, and I want people to also know, you know, that. If you you know you you work hard at your dreams, it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, I was born and raised in in Spanish Harlem, New York City. You know what I mean? The least suspecting place you'd think, you know, an MMA fighter would come out from. You know what I mean? But I, I dreamt big, I worked hard, you know, and I never gave up. And that's a message I also want to send out there when I go out there and compete. That it doesn't matter where you're from. You're from the freaking projects in New York City. You're from you know in downtown New York City. It doesn't matter where. You know, any aspiring, you know, martial artists, if they want to take that route, as long as they work hard and never give up, man, this is going to be an opportunity for them. They're going to have that chance to go out there and fight in that grand arena, Madison Square Garden. I just happen to be blessed with the opportunity to be the first person to do that. Hell yeah, man. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Lyman Good, the man himself. We're going to be cheering so loud for you when you walk out onto that Madison Square Garden octagon. Thank you so much, Lyman. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. You too, brother. Thank you, Thank you brother. Take care. Come Take care, man. Have a good night, guys. Bye. You too. You too. Bye. Lyman fucking good. The man himself. Guys, what do you think about him? Yeah, he was awesome, man. Real awesome. Uh, real informative, too. Real cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, extreme. yeah he, he he's a cool guy, man. and uh, Very well-spoken and He's definitely going to represent us well when he, he goes out there. Yo, and so articulate, too. Like, he, he he actually owns a gym, I think, in Manhattan, New York. And you guys have to all check it out. Uh, it's Tyra Shulman's, I believe, in uh, uh, Manhattan, New York. Uh, man, we got to get an address and, and blast that shit because if anyone wants to learn martial arts, you got to learn it from this guy. I mean, and, and UFC 205, too, we, we, got, we got Wyman, who's going to be fighting, but we also got... Lyman Goody's going to be fighting on UFC Fight Pass, which I can't wait to watch both of them fight, both of them compete, both of them put it down. I mean, are you guys, by the way, going to UFC 205? Are you guys uh, going to be in attendance? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a work in progress, man. I, I haven't been able to yeah, catch tickets, but um, <laughs> I'm, still, I saw, I'm still hopeful. I'm still trying to work on that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Ticket and, prices are crazy. Ticket prices are crazy, and you can also buy them cheap plug on DreamelyPro.com. And, uh, yeah, we, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the event live. I can't wait to watch these fighters go out there and compete. And, uh, by the way, quick shout-out before we uh, call a certain someone. Uh, by the way, DreamelyPro.com starting to sell other merchandise, like um, Psycho Gear, Johnny Combs, great guy. We're going to be also selling Everlast. We're going to be selling great brands starting next week, Venom gear, all that good stuff. I, I can't wait. It's going to be good shit. But also, if you need tickets to UFC 205, hop on the website for over uh, overpriced tickets. And I know Max is smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Potter, can, okay. can you get me, like, a, a, a journalist pass or something? Get me credentials? I've written a few articles there. I mean, I should, I, I should be able to, to sneak on by. You know what? Like, I was actually bringing up the application, and I showed the application to your brother, and I was like, hey, Brandon, why don't we just get fucking media passes? Considering we do a podcast, we bring all these 
great MMA fighters on. We we deliver we hand deliver good vibes to thousands of people on a regular on the road. Oh, we do. Like we should Yeah, we do. So we should have media mm-hmm. passes. And I was actually gonna ask you, John, if you wanted to wanted to go uh go fifty fifty on that one. Getting a media pass. It doesn't it doesn't cost anything. It's just filling out a fucking application. Anybody by the way, you guys were at the press conference. Who was that guy in the tie and the short sleeve shirt that said "fuck you" to Eddie Alvarez? You know, how do you get a media pass? <laughs> I, I don't know, man, but uh, maybe we should get him on the show. He he's got to be a local guy. Reach out to him get uh, get the scoop on his background. Yeah, for sure. You know who would have the answer to all of our life questions? This guy right here, and this guy is late per usual. How how late are we? Forty minutes late. All right. So before Max. Uh, Max uh, gets off the show. Let's uh, make a call, shall we? <phone rings> fucking guy. 40 minutes late. 40 fucking minutes. <phone rings> we better pick up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Father, I've never, I've never heard you like this before. Son of a bitch, because he's late all the time. I don't think he's answering. Unbelievable. Hola. Adam. What up, bro? Oh, wow. Look who decided to show up. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Hollywood Adam. Hey, That's I'm so because now we're interviewing you. Oh, yes. Everyone say hello to Adam. Adam, thank you for coming back. Yeah, what up, you. Adam? How you been, bro? Good, man. I miss <laughs> you guys. How are you guys? Same here, man. You're doing well. Doing well, bro. It's all right. All right, Adam, because Hollywood Adam, obviously, you're 40 minutes late, and obviously we're interviewing you now. Uh, where the fuck have you been? Just asking. Just uh, throwing it out there. Quick question. What did you say? I said, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> oh, yeah, so... I went through some drastic life changes. I moved to New Jersey. Um, I am studying to help take over the family business out here. So a lot of life changes. That's why I've been gone. <laughs> Adam uh, just recently moved to Persephone, New Jersey. He's now a New Jersey resident. You know, congratulations, Adam. Congratulations. Welcome yeah. back to the podcast. Uh, I, I it's guess, fucking I odd over here. That explains why you were late, dude. Different time zone over there? It's fucking crazy. It's like two hours difference or something like that. So <laughs> nice we are early. <laughs> Is it? No. We got to check the differences. There's, Come there's on, a time zone. <laughs> no, you know what, Jersey though? A huge time zone difference. Freaking New Jersey is a totally different lifestyle, and I think I'm starting to fall in love with it. I'm not lying. No, no. Really? So, yeah, so you're in New awesome York, here. and now you, yeah, 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 and you moved from uh, New York, and we all love you, and we all miss you. When you when you left uh, our job, I was fucking uh, broke, hearing, broke, crying, like I was very upset about that. Figure out that you moved to Persephone, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what is that I'm doing in Persephone? Like, you're like a mystical Pokemon that just like reappears, like when you 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 know, like once in a blue moon. So like, it, it, just wondering where you've been, like, you know, what you're doing. You, you really like New Jersey? You really dig uh, Persephone compared to New York? 
Yeah, it's cool. I mean, listen, I, I don't know if people know this, but I'm like Turkish. Um, so my family what? works with carpets. Can you hear me? This yeah. motherfucker is Turkish yeah. this whole time. I thought he was full Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> can you, you guys can hear me, though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can anybody yeah. hear Adam? So, yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm like in the woods, so I'm I'm concerned with my my connection. <laughs> be, be careful! <laughs> be careful! There might be clowns out there. Oh yeah. Yo, everybody's afraid of that right now. Have you seen any clowns yet? Nope, not on my end. Have you seen clowns? Uh, I see clowns every day in my office. So, uh, prefer, <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. But like, yeah, I see, I see a couple of clowns. Did you guys hear about that in the news, by the way? That there are killer clowns apparently walking around the streets and uh, harassing people. You guys heard about yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what are they actually doing? Like, have, have they been assaulting people? All right, all right, all right. Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on. So I, I'm living with right now with my uncle and my aunt, and I have like little cousins. They're like 10, 11, 12. And they are freaking the fuck out about this clown thing every day, talking about the clowns. There's clown sightings at school. Something about clowns every fucking day, bro. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, has anyone ever ran into one? Like, because there was actually, no, Adam, fuck you, because there was actually a clown sighting in Persephone. And it was actually on the news. Oh. You, you didn't hear about that? No way. Get the fuck out of here. Clown-carrying machete spotted in Persephone, cops say. What the fuck? Adam, be careful. You gotta get out of there, bro. Are you serious? On the move. Yeah, what? it's on the move back to New York. 490 North a... Beverick Road in Persephone, there is a clown walking around with a machete. What? No, that can't be true. But yeah, put, Google put, it. The, put the link right, in the hold on. chat. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna check this. You gotta check this. Okay, hold on a second. Gotta send you this link. Yeah, the, 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 there's a clown epidemic apparently, and uh, it's right by Adam. Adam, you better not die on me, bro. If you get murdered, I'm gonna be very disappointed. Are you guys reading into it right now? Yeah, you know, fuck the podcast. We're all concerned for our lives now. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Adam. Yo, yo, Adam. If you need, uh, if, uh, I, I could use a roommate, man. If you want to sleep on my couch for a while, like I, I just don't want you getting murdered by a clown, you know? Dude, where are you? Where do you live? Uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. Is that close to me or is that far from me? Uh, it's pretty far. Actually, my sister owns a house in Persephone, and uh, it's not too far from the uh, the clown sighting. So uh, it's her oh, second. Is your sister? Is your sister single? <laughs> you want to fucking die, bro? No, she's not. <laughs> it's not for me. I'm not asking for you. It's just in general for anybody listening that's yeah, single. Yeah, maybe that. Hey, let's what you said. This is what the you audience listeners. wants to hear. Hey, you son of a bitch. My listeners, our listeners, may not, better stay away from my sisters or I'll fucking kill them. I'll dress up as a clown and start murdering people, all right? Seriously. No, nah, don't worry, guys. My family is trying to hook me up with uh, uh, any number of Turkish girls, so I don't need your oh. sister. I don't need your fucking sister, bro. Yeah. She might be a serious girl. All right, girl so, like you. All right boys and girls. Oh, shit. All right, boys and girls, it's uh, time that we wish Max a good evening before we continue this UFC, UFC 205 talk and all this fun stuff. So we bid adieu to the MMA genius with a 250-foot penis. It's going to be Max! Ah! Savior of the 
man. I'm going to head out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make some dinner now. I'm pretty hungry. Are you making us? Are you making us? Some, some chicken make a dick with steamed vegetables. <laughs> Whoa. Adam, what is that? Mad fucking to? aggressive. Yeah, what was that about? Sorry, I haven't been mad about leaving. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Max, we love you. Thank you so much for always being the best host out of all of us and the, the better host of all of us. Thank you so much. Have a good Enjoy your dinner. Enjoy the lady. Have a wonderful evening, Max. <laughs> you too, guys. Love you guys. Later, man. All right. Love Later, you, Max. Bro. Later, bro. That will be Max uh, bouncing, bouncing out. Uh, bu- 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 Hold on. Can I ask a question? Max- Nobody yeah, sure. uh, played my theme song. Today, so you know, well, you were 45 thing. minutes late. How do you know we didn't play it? You just never showed. Yeah, we can't, pl- <laughs> we can't play it without yeah, right. Adam. Like, Adam, obviously, Adam has to be on the show for us to do the intro song. Like, you know, that's that's the point of Adam being on the show. But, uh, okay, let's just kick it off for old time's sake. Could be Hollywood, Adam. Oh, Hogan, we're coming for you. Yeah, so <laughs> Yo Yo, that's what's up? <laughs> what's up? Your partner's having an asthma attack. Yo, yo, yo what's up? Every time, yo, every Adam, every time like I play that song, I just think about Booker T being on that microphone saying the N word and then just like like he looked over at Miss, like uh, I think it's like Scary Sherry looked over at her like, oh fuck, did I just say that? And then like Mean Gene Oker is like, oh my god, we're gonna, what the hell did you just say on national television? Like the funniest clip ever of any pro wrestling clips in history, and it's not available Booker, on the WWE Network. Look at she's always fucking up. I think he said he said nigga again. Well, I remember when they put him on like the SmackDown commentating team. He said nigga while he was commentating. <laughs> Yo, we gotta get that sound bite. Did he really say he said the other word on uh, on WWE SmackDown? Did he, John? Do you watch pro wrestling? Uh, here and there, man. I, I haven't been consistent in a while. Oh, Booker T definitely said on SmackDown. Did he really, Adam? Are you are you just lying to me? No, I'm telling you, he was like on the commentating team, and he said it. Give give us an example oh. of how he might have said it, like in what context. He was like, yeah, "Man, well. these two niggas beating each other." I got a sound clip. I got a, wait. Hold on a second. We got we got to see if this is really a sound clip. Hold on a second. What's happening right now? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't hear shit. You can't hear anything? It's mad choppy. You got to Oh, it's mad choppy. It sounds like right, you're in an anal cavity. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So let's see. Let's see if we can get a sound bite, and I'll, I'll try to get one in a, in a hurry. But uh, let's see if we can right. validate it. But um, what did you guys talk about so far? What did I miss? Well, uh, you we missed, did like some two hundred five talk, some two hundred four talk, liming good talk. That's about it. So, did we talk so about Conor McGregor what, being the greatest fighter of all time? Yeah, man, no, you know what would have been great, talk. Adam. You should have been at that press conference. That would have been great. 
Yeah, dude, it happened last minute, bro. I wasn't even near it. Yeah, I know. That's the I, problem because you're all the way in fucking Jersey. <laughs> um, did you watch? Did you watch how Conor McGregor completely flipped the fuck out on everybody? <laughs> yeah, I watched the press conference like twice because I've enjoyed it so much. Man, I, I can't believe fucking, Conor McGregor. It was hilarious. Jeremy Stevens and the look of terror he had on his face. Like, he looked like a sad clown, like a sad, starving musician when Conor McGregor pointed right at him and said, who the yeah. fuck is that guy? And Jeremy Stevens you know what, just though? down and all... <laughs> For a second, but like, in the beginning of the podcast, I liked Jeremy Stevens because he was saying things that I found funny, and I was like, all right. Like he was like, he was just like being like, I don't know, he was being like a crazy douche. Like he was like, yo, no, November 12th, 205, Frank Yeager's getting knocked the fuck out. <laughs> like mad aggressive, mad yeah, hot, and I liked it. You sounded, you sounded like Terry and shit, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but you, <laughs> you heard the way he was saying it, right? He was like, hey, yo, no. but you sounded mad like Terry just now. That threw me off. I'm like, why? <laughs> You're like, is Terry with you in Jersey? <laughs> um, yeah, but, that, but yeah, so he was saying, then he was saying cool stuff. Yeah, he was saying cool stuff, and then he went after Connor, and it's like, you do not do that. Like, you just don't, you know? And you get played. <laughs> yeah, you can't, I think, I think Connor McGregor is on a different level, and especially in this sport that's been so buddy-buddy for so long, and I'm starting to get the Connor McGregor. And it, it took a, a while, and it took you yelling at me about it. And, like, I, I finally get Conor McGregor, and I understand the, the good side of nature and what he does for the sport. And I know he talks an abundance amount of shit, and I hate fucking shit talkers, which we'll talk about that later. But I fucking hated Conor McGregor for such a long time because he would literally talk shit, especially in a sport that's all about respect and honor and the honor code and blah, blah, blah. But, like, Conor McGregor adds that wonderful element. So I think people are completely frazzled by him when they talk shit to him, and roasting Connor or even attempting to is something you just don't do. Nobody is used to that type of uh, anarchy that Connor McGregor brings to the table. When you try to get into a spitting contest with Connor, like, you're just gonna get humiliated. You're gonna get roasted. <laughs> yeah, bro. And it's like he like opened himself to that because he they asked the question to Connor, and he put there. He's like, when I hit people. They don't fucking move. <laughs> I was dying when he said that. <laughs> and then fucking Connor just turned around and he was like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's just like, oh. <laughs> like, I almost felt bad for him. I was like, oh. All right, before we, yo, before we get picks and then we talk about UFC 205 a little bit, where I finally got the sound bite. Are you guys ready to hear uh, Booker T fuck up again on uh, national television? Let's do it. All right. All right. Let's see if Adam was correct. Let's hear it. Hold on one second. That Ian say that. But he didn't say the N word at all. He didn't say the N word at all. What, what do you mean you said the, the N word during SmackDown? You got the wrong. You clearly got the wrong soundbite. All right, man. That's really no cool. Way, all. Uh, I think we should move on. <laughs> no 
Okay, so moving aside, moving along. So UFC 205, we're talking about that. Lyman Good could be fighting a huge, huge name. Uh, he's going to be fighting a huge opponent on UFC Fight Pass. Check it out. Um, but down the card, down the line, uh, Adam, uh, huge card. Any any fights in particular that stick out to you besides uh, your your boy love, you like your bro bromance with Conor McGregor? Any other fights stand out to you? Um. Joanna Young Jacek, man, she's a fucking beast. I think she's like, I think she's like the most underrated performer in the UFC. Every single fight that she has is entertaining. It's scrappy, it's fun, and she's a freaking, she's a real champion. She's fighting the best girls, and she's probably, she should probably be on that that pound for pound list. I don't know if she is now, but she should be up there. She should be top five. She's freaking sick. So yeah, I'm excited to see Joanna Young Jacek. Is she, is she really underrated though? Uh, what happens? I said she really underrated though. I feel like I feel like she's appropriately rated. Like people nah. love her. Dana White loves her. She she was put on the biggest card ever, you know, physically in the Australia cards. You know that that was the biggest audience ever. You know, I feel like I feel like she's getting her dues. Yeah, but her last title fight was like on what like a fight pass. She should have been on 200. Yeah. No, but yeah, it was part of, like, the fight week, you know? Like, she was connected to that UFC 200 fight week. She know? was. She so, was. She definitely was. But it was like a... It was like a no, maybe the Dos Anjos fight was a fight yeah, pass. Yeah, no, that, like, that was a fight know. pass. She was, she was fight night, but still. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't on the card, but she was, like... She was on, like, the, the sister of the card, you know? Like, it was, like, a little relative of the card. So it was, like, the, that three-fight... Three-day fight. Yeah, that's the thing. I would like to see her get more over, you know? I feel like, you know, not a lot of casual fans know about her, and she's one of those fighters that if a casual fan saw her fight, um, they'd be like, oh, that's somebody who I want to fight. You know how I want to watch her. You know what would probably get her over if she, uh, if the UFC turns her full heel? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? If she, if she pulls out... You know, a fight of the night performance at 205, she'll get over. Uh, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a big one. Yo, if Conor McGregor fucking, like, comes out to the octagon and says he's to lose to a higher power, he's going to retire. And then jo- Joanna Jones-Jacek Jones comes out with, like, the druids and stuff and pulls over the hood. It's me, Austin! It's me all along! Do you guys remember that? No, I don't I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, you guys I don't really remember that man, but I'm happy you were so excited about it. Yeah, you made me. Greater power. You don't remember that? Um, not off the top of my head. I'm be real with you. God damn it! All right, so Adam, but, what do you think about um, the other fights on the card? Who else we got? We got Yoel Romero with Chris Weidman, right? Um. I think Chris Weidman could take that. I think that could go either way, honestly. Uh, what else is on that card? Uh, there's another title fight, right? Yeah, yeah, Woodley versus Thompson. Yes, Stephen Thompson should take that. Um, what else is on there? Is Khabib and Johnson on the main card, or is it Misha Tate and, and Yeah, Khabib, Khabib's on the prelims. Yeah, I think Khabib is going to destroy Michael Johnson's. Um, <clears throat> I think Misha Tate is going to beat who is she fighting? Raquel Pennington. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think Misha Tate will beat her. Um, I don't. I don't like that fight being on the main card. Um, really? Yeah. I, I, I sound like they should have put like Frankie up there or something. Yeah. Really? It makes no sense. Um. I don't know about that, man. I, I really don't think uh, she's she's ready. I don't think she's quite ready. Uh, I mean, she's a great fighter and everything, but, you know, is she really going to sell, sell pay-per-view buys? Is she really going to move the needle? I think everybody adds that element besides Conor McGregor who's going to move the needle more than anybody. Like, no, that's know, what I'm saying. I'm really saying Misha to... shouldn't be on the main card, I'm saying. Oh, oh. Yeah, mm. I, I feel like. I feel like she doesn't. She shouldn't be on the main card. She should be like a prelim fight because there's better fights on the prelims. <laughs> oh, like Khabib, I thought you were referring to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Khabib, he, uh... Khabib and Michael Johnson would make a better fight on the uh, <clears throat> on the uh, main card than that. And you said Frankie's not fighting on the main card either. No, he, he's on the prelims. Him, Tim yeah. Kennedy, Rashad. Bunch of them what? Are the three That's crazy. No, the the main card's like six fights though. So the the main card's stacked. You yeah. want you know what I want to know? Like and I, I'm not downing on any of the New York fans because I love New York. MMA fans are great in New York. All the love to them. But like why why the fuck during the press conference they were booing Tyron Woodley? Like what's the big problem with Tyron Woodley? Yo, like, what, what, you know I'm not a Tyron Woodley fan and fan. <laughs> I, I know that for sure. Yeah, and the fans in New York feel the same. Dude, Tyron Woodley is like another fucking Eddie Alvarez. Like, he just got lucky in the first round. It's like almost the same exact thing. Like, their last three fights were horrible, and then they got a title fight, and they got lucky in the first round. Literally, their stories are the same. It's in, it's incredible, and they're fighting on the same card. I, I, I don't know if you could call it luck, man. I mean, they have full intents of knocking somebody out when you throw combinations, when you're... When you're trying to punch someone's head off, I, I don't know if you call it Bucky. I mean, I, I was warning you about Tyron Woodley for how long. I said he had power. I know. Where you didn't believe me. No, I knew he had power. I mean, look, you can look at him and you can be like, yeah, he has power. I just, I just don't feel like he's skilled because of his mm-hmm. last three performances. Adam, Adam, you didn't know he had power until I told you he had power. <laughs> 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 what did you keep saying that he knocked out? What was it, Clay Guido or something like that? <laughs> Clay Guido, what the fuck? No, uh, who was uh, it? Fucking uh, Josh Koshek. Yes, Josh Koshek. <laughs> he would always bring that up. Before he hit the ground. <laughs> but Josh Koshek yeah. hasn't been relevant since probably '09. <laughs> I mean, yo, he would literally he would bring up this Josh Koshek fight every uh, every fucking train ride when I would be like, you know what, I'm not sold on Tyron Woodley. But, and but he was, was like, I wrong? Josh Koscheck. No, you were not wrong. But Adam, Adam, scout me now. Yeah, you know what? You've been right on some key things. Like you were right about Holly Holm. You were right about Tyron Woodley. So uh, I'll give it to you. You have pretty good uh, picks. Crazy. Oh, oh Adam, I, I, dude, I wanted to ask you this for the longest time. Okay, and we haven't talked about this on the show. Because, uh, of course, the show has been uh, a little off off the air for a little bit. We took a break for like a month or so. All did our own thing. It's all gravy. But uh, CM Punk fun. What did you think about CM Punk? And you think he actually makes a return back to the Octagon? Because Mickey Gall is going to fight. Uh, it's just announced Super uh, Super Sage Norcutt. But uh, 
Ian Punk, what did you think about his fight? I wanted to ask you this for so long. What did you think about his fight? Does he return? Um, I think he, he fights that dude that Mickey Gall beat. I forgot that guy's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, as much as I like Conor McGregor, I don't really agree with how Dana White is doing business lately, you know? Um, so I think that, you know, CM Punk, I, th- I think they said that there was like a good boost in pay-per-view buys and, they, and they're accrediting it to, you know, CM Punk being on the card. So even if they can get him on a fight night and he can fight that dude that Mickey Gall beat, why not, you know? And if he loses again... Win or lose, I think he should go down to a smaller show and, and, you know, fight a couple scrubs and, you know, get his weight up. But then again, he's old. Maybe he just wants to fight one more time, get that one W and and leave, or get that another L and leave. So, I mean, obviously it was terrible. And we, we just got to see what he does moving forward, you know. But I could see Dana White putting him on another card because he, he moves the needle, you know what I mean? You know, you know something no one ever brings up? Um, the the fact that CM Punk did better than Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson got Molly Watson finished in like thirty seconds. CM Punk defended some. He defended the takedown for a second there. You know he defended a couple of chokes. You know he he did better than Mike Jackson. And but people yeah. keep just talking about how he uh, he embarrassed himself out there. Um, I think he he made a mistake rushing in the way he did, but. No, I, I think he has a lot more to show us than that he was capable at uh, whatever UFC it was that he fought on. I don't think he. I don't think he necessarily embarrassed himself as much as we all expected that to happen. I mean, who didn't predict CM Punk to get completely like stalked within the first minute? I mean, did anybody did not expect that to happen again? Mickey Gold, who's a fucking animal and a young prospect and an up-and-coming guy. Like, did anybody not expect that to happen? Well, let's that one. Yeah, pretty much everybody predicted he would lose, you know. Um, me and John were kind of on the fence. We're like, you never know, you know, because we were with the Impact fans. But everyone who's not uh, not a little biased, you know, said CM Punk was going to lose. So it wasn't shocking. It was just like, ah, oh, that sucks. But, yeah. I don't know. Let him fight that fucking guy. Who is it? What's his name? Mike Jackson? Mike yeah. Jackson. <laughs> I feel funny just, yeah. like, talking about it. Like, you know, he's going to fight Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good idea. But, Adam, how, how lit was it when he came out to Cult of Personality? Oh, that was so fucking good. awesome. So good. Without question, the best moment of the night. What happened? I said, without question, the best moment of the night. I mean, yeah, you know, it, was, song, it was fucking I, epic. Since, since the moment he left the WWE, and he did the podcast with Coco Banna, he completely shit on the WWE and shit on all the wrestlers. And yeah, did you ever listen to that podcast, by the way, guys? Yeah, of course. No, John, I, I didn't. I didn't actually. I, I haven't had a chance to. I, I read some of the the quotes, but I never, I never sat down and listened to all of it. If, if you like podcasting, and uh, I know you guys do, considering we do a podcast, but like if you like podcasting, listen to that episode with CM Punk and Coca Banna. 
CM Punk literally shit on the entire infrastructure of the WWE. And shit on the grave, too. And, like, shit on Triple H and shit on the wrestlers. It was it was a complete bury of the entire promotion. But then CM Punk announcing he was going to be on the UFC and he was going to fight that December 2014. And then he gets injured and he's training, blah, 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 blah. And to know all that led to him coming out to call a personality. I think, I think his entrance was better than his fight. <laughs> Which is... Yeah, the entrance, the moment, it was definitely better than the fight. Um, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I just, I would rather see him go back to wrestling than do this. <laughs> I really would, man. I would. Huh? I, I, I think he's sold on not going back, though. I think he's just one of those guys that, well, even though the ultimate winner came back and everybody came back, I don't think he's one, I think he's one of those guys that will never come back. I was watching uh, Triple H on the Stone Cold podcast, and he was just like, never say never. And it's kind of true, because look how many <laughs> people came back that said they would never come back. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret Hart. Oh, my God, that's a really big one. Good example, John, because Bret Hart fucking hated that <laughs> Yeah. And obviously, you, you killed his brother. Maybe he... Could be a little bit upset at the WWE. I mean, I don't know. CM Punk getting a boo-boo by his ass, and they don't give him time off for it. Or murdering his brother. I mean, which, which, which who got the worst end of the stick and still came back to the WWE, you know? You bring up a good yeah. point. Well, they didn't murder his brother. I mean, he, it, was an, it was a freak accident. <laughs> they didn't kill yeah. him. <laughs> it was a freak accident. Oh, man, can you imagine the storyline if... They find out, like, years down the road that Vince McMahon was just totally upset. Like, it was really a freak accident that just Vince McMahon just fucking pushed him right off the rafter. Like, your brother fucked me. Bam! He just pushes him right off. Can you imagine that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not as excited. I'm not not that excited. I'm sorry. (laughs) Owen Hart was my favorite wrestler back in the day, by the way. So, I, I mean no offense, but... Yeah, what, what a plot twist, you know. But like to go back, go back on the original point. Like I can see how CM Punk might go back because his circumstances weren't as severe as others that went back. But I think he's sold on this whole MMA pipe dream. But I don't think he's gonna do very well unless he goes on the regional promotion. Like, isn't there a regional promotion that he can go on and still fight on the UFC Fight Pass? Um, um yeah, he could. Um, he 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 could fight for uh, Legacy or Titan or whatever. Like one of those no, he, should, he should fight at the Tropicana in AC. Yeah. <laughs> fight at Ring of Combat. <laughs> yes. I think he, I think even those guys, like imagine him fighting Bully or someone like that. He'll get his head knocked off. I think even at the that level, he'll still get murdered. Like where where could he possibly fight? Like you're Adam, I'm completely agreeing with you. That it makes perfect sense that he goes back to WWE because I really think this is a pipe dream. I don't think he progresses. And I'm a big, the biggest CM Punk fan in the world, and so are you, Adam. I just don't think him, he's going to be progressing in MMA unless he fights. He can't even fight an amateur anymore. He can't. Yeah, but so he's he, could definitely, he, he could definitely fight like an O&O guy, an O-1 guy. I mean, there, there are guys probably around his age that are trying to get into MMA. I saw some old, like, 70-year-old grandma take a beating, like, uh, on YouTube in a professional MMA <laughs> fight. There's video of a 70-year-old 70-year-old woman taking an ass-whooping in a professional MMA fight 
I'm sure they could find somebody, CM Punk's age, some like ex fireman or some shit that was just getting into MMA and you know stoned to Punk and Punk could definitely get yeah. it up. We just didn't Do you remember his skill level. You guys remember Batista's first MMA fight when it was like some fat random guy and that yeah, random yeah. guy almost not his, he was being Batista up. <laughs> he was being Batista up. That was crazy. <laughs> I think you could put CM Punk against Stephen Hawking and Stephen Hawking would still win by armbar. You know? I nah, you're OD enough. You just took it way too far. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying that CM Punk does not look natural out there. He looks very stiff. He looks very timid. He he looked like a deer in headlights. Right. He beelined it right to ah, like beelined it right to fucking Mickey Gall. And Mickey Gall was like, "All right, this is sweet takedown." And like literally, they he went belly up. Mickey Gall beat the living shit out of him and just ended it with a with a choke. Like CM Punk did not mount one good offense, and then. He started throwing rabbit punches, and you just knew what was going to happen. You knew Mickey Gall was going to mount up and just start wailing, and that's exactly how it went down. You know, like, I don't see I don't see how he progresses any farther. Besides, the only good we got out of it is now we got Mickey Gall versus Sage North, Northcutt, which I, I'm more excited about than uh, CM Punk versus uh, Mickey, if you ask me. I mean, here's what I think. I think CM Punk... I think he's trash, you know. <laughs> but so is my jacket, dude. I think I'm. A... <laughs> but you know what? It's also like you have to understand that there was even if CM Punk's like, oh, I wrestled at WrestleMania and all that shit. It's not the same, man. There was a lot of pressure on him for this fight. I'm sure he was fucking nervous as fuck. And you know, it was his first fucking UFC fight, man. That's it happens, you know. We'll see on his second fight, wherever it is, he's gonna fight again. So where, if it's in the UFC or if it's fucking at Ring of Combat in the Tropicana, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's at the Tropicana, we're out. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah, go for that. Back, back to AC, man. We we gotta go. All right, so la di da. Let's uh, talk about the 68 year old woman suffers a loss. What? Wait, the sixty-eight-year-old woman. She got what happened to her? Did she get? Did she get like age bombed? She she gets a ground and pounded. No. Are you serious? Wow, guys. You watch this. Got it. Wait, hold on, hold on. This sixty-eight-year-old lady really got ground and pounded to death. <laughs> well, not not literally to death, but she she gets mollywhopped for yeah, sure. Who would oh, clear? Wow. Who would clear a seventy year old lady to fight MMA? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yo, I would Jesus Christ, guys! If you're listening to the show, our our wonderful listening audience, which we all love you, and we're sorry we've been gone for so long, but yo, this old lady just yeah. took the biggest ass whooping ever. Search <laughs> if you're on YouTube. No, this old lady fucking got her her dusty ovaries just fucking starched within. Wait, oh, Potter. God, what? Potter, uh, can you get this lady on our show? Wow, are you guys watching this too? Dude, no, no, no. Hey. Can you get that old lady on our show? I think it'd be hilarious. No, man, she died <laughs> an hour after this. No, no she didn't. Don't fuck around. 
<laughs> don't fuck around like that. We could joke around and stuff, but don't don't take it that far. Sixty-eight. I want you guys to YouTube. Sixty-eight-year-old woman suffers TKO loss during MMA fight debut with a twenty-four-year-old opponent. What athletic commission in their right fucking mind would decide what type of mess slash LSD are you on that you put a sixty-year-old woman against a twenty-four-year-old opponent who's been training MMA? Oh my god! Wow. It's really bad, guys. Just to to give you a visual. Are you watching it right now? Okay, guys, so if you're you're listening to the show, just to give you a visual, they run out right to the middle. 68-year-old woman throws, like, tiny little rabbit jabs, and this 24-year-old fucking starts beating the shit out of her. And the old lady puts her hands down while, like, she's clinched. The 24-year-old punches the fuck out of her on the ground. Mounts her and elbows the shit out of someone who could be old enough to be her great grandmother. Yo, fucking, yo, oh my god, gets on top of her. And while the old lady is literally not covering up, and the referee's not stopping it because I think he's, he's in shock that it's happening, the 24 year old. Oh my god. Wow, oh my god. Son, are you watching I just this? watched it. I just watched it, and, like, literally, the lady is, like, covering her face a little, and then she drops her hand, and she takes, like, four unanswered shots that turn her head with every punch. And it's, like, <laughs> the, it's the saddest thing. I've, like, I have little baby tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> and, and, and you're, telling me, you're telling me we can't get somebody like that for CM Punk? True. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, the 68-year-old woman wins by armbar, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just say this. If you're a fucking fighter of any age and you take a fight with a 70-year-old woman, like, you're a fucking piece of shit. If you're 24 and you take a fight against a 70-year-old lady, like, you're a piece of shit. I mean, she signed signed for the fight. You got to understand. And uh, a commission, you know, agreed upon it. I don't care, dude. I, I don't think I'd be able to beat the shit out of... She, like, savagely beat the shit out of this lady. <laughs> I mean, what's the alternative? What if the 68-year-old put hands on her? Do you want that? I would have, like... I would have, like... I don't know. I, th- I feel like I would have taken her down and, like, went for a submission or something. I wouldn't have savagely beat this old... Dude, she, like, savagely beat the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, scroll down to the comments. You know, the comments are the main event. Everlot Stark, this obviously uh, African American, based on uh, the profile picture. Yo, kill that dusty old ugly witch white bitch. <laughs> wow, savage, savage. Are you reading the comments? <laughs> wow, unbelievable. Yo, maybe... I I just watched the video again with Booker T, and he says the word nigga. <laughs> How did he say it, though? What contact? What, what contact? Like, at the part where, at the part about uh, Jinder Mahal, he's like, I can't believe Jinder Mahal is still in there, nigga. <laughs> no, by the way, the 68-year-old woman, oh, man, now now, now we're going to hell. 68-year-old woman fighter in Perez, uh, a cancer survivor to MMA fighter. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, now we're going to hell. Uh, I, I don't, know. I, I don't know. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, you know, you could have died from cancer. I mean, 
but damn, man, that's that's fucking crazy. Kyle Men- uh, Maynard, I, I think I've heard of that name. That, that's a guy, uh, we, we just got sent a video of uh, Kyle Maynard. No arms, no legs, fighting. Wow. Oh, I would fight that guy. <laughs> Yo, imagine, imagine, imagine you fight him with pride rules. It would literally so, be like, you know how like when you were a little kid and you just finished watching Raw in like 1997 and you just grabbed the biggest, I, I like the biggest that, I like toy next to you? Gave me the year. Gave me the year. It was, it was, that was 19, night in 1997. Yeah. 1997 was a lit year for wrestling. That's why. <laughs> um, so then you watch that, you just find, hold on, I'm not finished. <laughs> Okay, sorry, continue. Nobody stops stops you and your rants, David Potter. All right, so you grab grab the biggest stuffed toy near you and you just start doing mad body slams and wrestling moves on it. That's that's like, yeah. How do you you fight a guy, though, that has no arms and no legs? That's, how do you you get that type of fight sanctioned, though? All right, so the entire fight, how do you arm bar him? (laughs) <laughs> hey, I would, I would drop out for a, a heel hook. <laughs> Yo, winner by uh by leg lock, Achilles, Achilles tennis fold. How do you, how do you win? Like I, does that eliminate a lot of the arsenal, not just the opponent but the fighter? I mean, like how do you get that type of fight? How does one get that type of fight sanctioned? I mean, who else to the fighter, Kyle, Kyle Maynard, to fight? With no arms and no legs, we're not laughing about yeah. that. That takes balls. But I, I, I think that the fact that uh, you get that he, fight sanction and you put I, that. I, I think he was, he was, um, he's like a legit wrestler. Like he did uh, high school wrestling. So he actually has like a oh. background in something. You know who I love to fight? I love to watch the great Kali fight in Japan. Just saying. Yeah, have, have him, have him fight at Hungman Choi. Ooh, so good. That'd be amazing. What about the freak show fights that we've seen in Pride? I mean, that could happen. Why not send Why not send CM Punk to Japan and fight for uh, the new promotion? What's that promotion called? Really hot one that's out right now. Uh, Ryzen. I yes. Why not? Because I I love the the Pride old fights when you had like uh, uh Jose Canseco. He was fighting for Pride for a while. Uh, yeah, Tank Abbott, Butterbean. I mean, send me a punk to to license to get his chop. I just wanna. I don't know, man. I'm just waiting for somebody's tits to legitimately pop out of a jersey. <laughs> I think that's like, like how many how many years have I been watching UFC and like I've never seen a tit pop out or a dick slip out of a shorts or anything. No, no, it happens. Uh, Dennis Holman's balls came out um, <laughs> when he when he fought in that little speedo. I think it, oh, yeah. it, there was like two nip slips already. Yes, it was. That's right. You know, um, who, we Misha, need like a we need a Misha Tate a Misha Tate pit to come out because she is the only one with three. Uh, she, she she wears like fucking three sports bras. She she's making sure those motherfuckers are locked down. Yeah, fucking Brian Caraway, bro. Good job, man. Bro, bro, pound to you, Brian Carraway. Misha Tate is legitimately the hottest female in mixed martial arts right now. 
With, with no, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Line. No, That's, I don't think. Who compares? Who even Bellator compares? has like Bellator signed that Russian girl who's like gorgeous. I don't know if you guys oh, see yeah. her, but she does An- Anastasia some shit. Yeah, she does K1 kickboxing also, and she's undefeated, and she's fucking hot. Yeah. And you have um, you have the karate hottie who's pretty hot. She's alright. I think uh, uh, Rose Namajunas and uh, not not saying this from bias, but I think Rose Namajunas is absolutely beautiful. Just saying. Nah, she's okay. Anyways, <laughs> don't nah, ever bring I, Rose Namajunas into this. <laughs> I like Rose too, but don't make me objectify her to this type of conversation. <laughs> nice, bro. I like that. Yo, just, Anyways. Just, uh, Hold on one second. Don't. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. There the only way. A, uh, I'm looking at the picture right now. Uh, there's actually well, a photo of. Uh, there was a boob slip. There was. I can confirm it. Thank you, John. I got you. The only way UFC 205 can get any better is if Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero are wrestling, and he just takes flips on on Chris Weidman's head. Yeah, hits him with fucking stool. Yeah, because you know Yoel Romero has a huge dick. That shit. That shit's like a hammer. (laughs) Right? It's gonna knock. Imagine TKO's him from unanswered dick shots. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want to see Kane Velasquez fighting Donald Trump. If we're gonna get celebrities here now, because we got CM Punk and everything, and we're talking about celebrities and everybody in like different fights, but like I want to see Donald Trump actually fighting the octagon. I want to see him fight against. Uh, did you see the Kane video Velasquez. I put up of Stone Cold giving Donald Trump the stunner? I feel like that's one of the most satisfying videos I've ever watched. So I got such a I got such a boner just watching that. Like I just ah <laughs> oh, man, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the biggest piece of... Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but I just... I, I don't like him. I don't I don't like Hillary very much either. I'm voting for Dr. Jill and Bar- uh, Baraka, uh, the Green Party. Hashtag vote green. But uh, I, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with politics or anything like that, but Donald Trump is becoming more dislikable by the day. I don't know if you got, who you guys well, are voting for. All respect for everyone's political beliefs who's listening, but I just... I can't like him. I can't... I can't... I, I can't stomach him. Personally, I hate, like, Hillary Clinton with, like, the most passion, I think, out of anybody that I know. Because, you know, a lot of my friends are progressives. Um, wait, wait, wait. I, I, if, it, if you could fight her, would you? Yes, I would fucking knock her out. Would, would you do what that chick did to the 68-year-old? Yes, I would savagely beat her because she's a disgusting human being. Now... At the same time, I think Donald Trump is much watched TV. Every time he's on a debate, it's not that he's he, doing good, but it's it's hilarious. Yeah, like exactly. He's, like, he's so he's so entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> people are only watching because Donald Trump is there. But you have to understand that as entertaining that he is, as you're watching the debate, you can clearly tell he has like a fuck. He has no fucking idea what he's talking about or what he's going to do when he's president. <laughs> so. It's it's better in Hillary's hand. I mean, this is a guy. This is a guy, by the way, because his connection to MMA is very vast. This is a guy that thought affliction was a good idea. It, seriously, fact check. 
He, he, he also thought that USFL was going to be a great idea to go against the NFL. This guy also came up with Trump University, which if somebody came in with a degree to a business, say, well, I have a master's in Trump University, they would wipe their ass. The boss would wipe their ass with that degree and say, you're not qualified. And he also came out with Trump liquor. How many failed business ventures has he been in? And also, he doesn't know he's doing very well in business because also he has a board of directors who are very, very sharp. And he's very smart because I realized with Pence, who I would vote for Pence, to be completely honest, even though he's a bigot, he's also a racist. He also is against gay marriage. He's against – he thought smoking doesn't kill people. Condoms don't prevent uh, STDs. I mean, this guy is a wacko, but he's a lot was, sharper than Donald Trump. I was, the best Donald Trump I was watching – Let me finish one up. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, because I, I just wanted to interject. I, I was watching that VP debate, and – you know, he was doing okay, Pence, but there's one thing that he said that, like, completely just ruined everything. And he said, clearly, he said that there is a war on coal right now. So he's pretty much saying that the scientific data that says that coal is causing global warming and it's affecting the atmosphere negatively is not true, and there's just a war on coal. <laughs> so when he said that, I was like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And climate change, a hey, global warming doesn't exist. Global warming is a myth, and, uh, developed by the Chinese, and you can fact check that too. Pence is an asshole. He's a legitimate, yeah. but he's a politician. He's a good politician, and that's what Donald Trump's doing. He has no idea what he's doing, so he hires a bunch of smarter people mm-hmm. to surround himself with to make him look better. And he does this with every company he's ever been in, because any time he went on his own is when he failed the most. And you can you can look it up. I mean, it's not. I'm not making shit up. He also is a liar, too. He has supported the Iraqi war. I have the, the sound bit from 2002 when he did an interview with Howard Stern. He said that pregnancy is a complete, like, it's, a, it's an inconvenience. I have that sound clip, too. Like, he, he also denied it, too. Like, he's a liar. He's like a legitimate liar. He has no idea what he's doing. No idea Wait, you're telling me pregnancy is not an inconvenience? Because it definitely uh, is. I know. I'm like, I'm okay. is, is he wrong, though? <laughs> if you're 17 years old and you get your 14 year old girlfriend pregnant, probably in, probably pregnancy is an inconvenience. If if you so, uh, why, have an why, unplanned why, why am I 17 with a 14 year old girlfriend? <laughs> I, I, I'm naming I'm naming scenarios where pregnancy isn't a beautiful thing. I mean, let's see. If you're if you're 21 and you knock up your mistress. I mean, if you're if you're married and you knock up a mistress, or if you're if you uh, you know can't afford a kid, well, let, let me name all the scenarios where pregnancy is an inconvenience. Because I don't think women in the workplace being pregnant is really an inconvenience. You go on maternity leave and everything. That that my sister probably was watching that shit and was like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" Like, this is why people can't relate to Donald Trump, and this is why people hate him. He has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, right? the only people that legitimately support Donald Trump are usually, I don't want to say uneducated, but they're lacking some sort of common sense. It's weird. Like, you know, like Terry, like I can't say Terry's not educated, right? Because he's worked in finance and all these things, but Terry's not the smartest guy in the world either. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, you, you can see him supporting Donald Trump. Like people, they usually grow up with like certain values and and kind of like a closed-minded kind of thing. For some reason, support Donald Trump. It's weird. It's odd. And it is what it is. 
if you, uh, when I searched too, I searched on Facebook, and I said people that are voting for Donald Trump or people that like Donald Trump, and I was going down the list, and I got to about 30. Those 30 people do not go to college and do not have a good job. So they have a reason to be pissed off, I guess. But now you bring all your friends on Barack Obama. You know, like, that's what the whole landscape is, blaming your problems on Barack Obama. It's always, go down the list, search on your Facebook page, who likes Donald Trump? People without college degrees and people that don't have steady jobs that are living paycheck but to paycheck. Could, and Donald Trump is feeding on their anger. Could it also be just they hate the alternative that much? Maybe it's just uh, the cause of having Hillary as your, you know, like other option. Now, I know you could go with, like, you know, go green, go go with a third party, but, like, honestly, that that, that vote like, almost like a throwaway. It's down to Hillary or, or Trump. And what if someone just hates Hillary that much? Well, let's name some presidential candidates because there's plenty of parties out there. I mean, we can we can find somebody that Adam would like and John would like. There, There's plenty of parties. There is the uh, – hold on one second. There's the Nutrition Party. Ron Silva is running from New Jersey, the Nutrition Party. But if uh, people are starving and homeless, I don't see how uh, starving them some more is really going to help his cause. And all of his campaign is about nutrition. That's the funny part. And his qualifications is he opened up a muscle maker grill in 1995. Okay, that's a, that's a good candidate. Adam, would you vote for him? I'm sorry, guys. I lost, like, connection for a second. Can you give me a little rundown really quick? Okay, so we have Ron Silva from the Nutrition Party. His qualifications are he opened a muscle maker grill. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> but if, if, if thousands of people, if, if homeless and starvation is a problem in this country, I don't see how starving them some more is actually going to help out the cause. So I think Rod Silva is uh, lemayed. Oh, wow, wow, we have the Legal, legal Marijuana Now Party with Dan Valek, who has very long hair and looks like, uh, oh, man, he looks like... Uh, Nice. You guys have to Google him. Dan Vilak. Yeah, kind of looks like a, a stoner uh, V for Vendetta type guy. He has a, a hat on. He's a very nice mustache. He has a very nice yeah, he, looks, he looks like very a guy fox. Yeah, kind of a, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, oh my god. Do you guys do you guys remember uh, Berman something, the guy with the boot on his head from the last election? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and he was like throw, he was like throwing dust in like people's faces. <laughs> do you guys remember this? I do. This, this, All this is real life. This, it's this dead ass real, real life. life. Search really up, search up like vermin something. It's fucking hilarious. Oh man, we have Joe Exotic from the Gay Party. Oh, okay. okay. His name was his name was Vermin Supreme. Ooh, that's that's an exact name. That's that's a name we can call president. Imagine that, like <laughs> yeah. he, he the, the the United Nations, like Joe Capri, and he walks in like strobe lights and shit are coming out. And he has a boot on his head, and Vladimir Putin is like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, I could see it. Could happen. I dig it's it. Pretty funny. I don't know, man. But anywho, I I think we've uh, reached the uh, end of our rope here. I think we're just digging for topics to talk about. But uh, so just to wrap things up, Adam, final thought. We talked about so much shit. I'm so glad we're talking to you again because I miss you ever so, Adam, and you're the man. 
So, final thoughts, Adam, about everything. UFC, life, voting, killer clowns, what haven't we talked about? But final thoughts, Adam. Listen, man, UFC 205, I'm not going to be able to make it to the show because the tickets are ridiculously priced. But I will be watching it in my fucking uncle's home theater, which is fucking amazing. Um, the killer you know, clowns, so, I will... so, so what's up with that invite if it's that amazing? <laughs> Would you come all the way to New Jersey? It's like an hour into New Jersey, too. I mean, l- let me see some pics of this home entertainment system area. And oh, I'll, I'll send you some on Snapchat. I-, I don't have fucking Snapchat, man. Okay. All right, I'll send you some pics. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, killer clowns. I'll I'll punch a clown in his face. And <laughs> I guess I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton, man, as much as it hurts me to say that. All right, John, final thoughts about anything. Um, you know, it's good to hear from Adam again. Long time no talk. Thank um, you. I miss you guys. I miss you. Um, RIP Josh Saban. You know, we lost a lot of fighters this year. Hopefully uh, this will be the last one. And uh, it's good to be Absolutely. back, man. Let's, uh, let's make this a regular thing again. Absolutely. Amen. And, uh, guys, thank you so much for both of you for joining, Max, for joining uh, Brands Hard at Work, training with Brooklyn MMA, getting ready for his next fight. But, uh, by the way, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll have another great guest. You guys are amazing, by the way. It's good to hear from you, Adam. And, John, it's always a pleasure to hear your genius talking. Thank you so much, guys. Wait, Prada, I have a question before we leave. Yeah, sure. What's up? I can ask a question. Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. Shoot. All right. Shoot. So, I have two questions. It's two part. Actually, it's one part question and one part just me saying stuff. All right. Okay, so, shoot. question. Can you get this old lady who fought at the MMA show on our podcast? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. No, seriously. You don't, did you guys not agree that that would be an amazing guest to just see what the fuck she was thinking and ask her some questions about this? <laughs> I, I would like to know, like... It, I think it's intriguing, too, to, to hear about it and to watch it, too, uh, to watch that fight. Because I want to know, because we're, we're, we're talking like it's crazy, but her logic must be beyond our thinking. And we can learn from her and her to give a better point of view and make us understand. Yeah, like, let's get her on. Absolutely. I'm yeah, gonna, I I'll agree. Shoot her, I'll shoot her an email right, like, right after we get off this podcast. We'll see what's get her on uh, in two weeks. I mean, we're going to have a great guest cool. for UFC 205. I mean, we're going to have another person that's fighting on that card. Surprise. A bit of a surprise, but I think you guys will be happy with it. But if we can get on the show, too. What the hell, you know? All right. Awesome. Um, and then I guess the last thing is just, you know, thank you guys for keeping the show running. You know, you, John, and Max held it down while me and Brandon were away. And, uh, you know, much respect. And hopefully you guys are doing well. I know John got promoted to underwriting. You are, you're a closer now. So, you know, good luck to you guys. Well, thank you very much, sir. And when you're going to we're going to run you over to your to your pad now. Like, well, what's going on? You're going to sit with me in uh, New Jersey and hang out in Hoboken. Like, what's going on here, Adam? Yeah, so as, like right now, legit, I'm just studying. I'm learning like all about carpets and fibers and all this shit. So once everything is set and I have my own place, we'll definitely link up. I, I'm not even driving yet. I'm like learning to drive right now. <laughs> Look at that. A- Adam's becoming a man right before our eyes. Yeah, no, oh, it's crazy. Adam. Our, our little Adam is growing up. Oh, my God. He's so 
All right, good night, homies. <laughs> All right, good night, homies. Later, All right, peace. And, John, thank you so much, as always, and let's keep this podcast running and let's get to episode 16, shall we? Sounds good to me, man. All right, brother. Have a good night. You as well. All right. Boys and girls, children of all ages, we are concluding our latest episode of the podcast. And I have a couple of announcements, too, by the way. So about Dream League Pro, let's, let's get to business, okay? So UFC 205 tickets available on DreamLeaguePro.com. Super expensive. I know I've been getting a lot of questions, a lot of tickets selling right out of the door, and they keep boosting up in prices. I don't make the prices. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not in charge of that. If I was, everyone would get free tickets. That's just the bottom line. I'm not in this business to make a dollar. I'm in this business to help out my MMA homies and all my bros in different area codes, all my hoes and bros in different area codes. So trust me, if I could lower the price, I would. It's just I'm not the, the, the dictator. I'm not, I, I, I got to be the good cop to the, to the ticket seller's bad cop. I don't make much of a profit. Well, I make very good profit. However, if I can make the tickets free, give away free tickets, I most certainly would. Unfortunately, I'm not the, the dice man. I'm not the guy holding the, the, the axe. But nevertheless, tickets to UFC 205 still available. But buy them quickly because, again, they do the hockey stick, where it's going to lower in price a little bit, then it's going to go right back up. And I want you guys to all be there, and I want you guys to all see me. I'll be there. My friends will be there. All of our buddies from Dream Elite. Will be there, so I want you guys there. So buy some tickets. Also, great great event tickets to boxing, WWE. You can buy some tickets. DreamlyPro.com. Also, huge announcement. Next, starting next week, we'll be selling all major brands. We're gonna start to branch out. While Dreamly, back in the day, used to sell different brands. Now we're going back to square one. Where we're actually selling different brands like Venom. We'll be selling Scramble. We'll be selling Cycle Gear, which I'm really excited to work with, with the great Johnny Combs. I'm really excited to sell his great gear and his great brand. And we're going to have all kinds of brands. And I, I dig creativity. I dig the best brands in the world and give you guys the best gear. You know, I'm, I'm Miracle on 34th Street. I'm Santa Claus, where if I don't have something you dig, I refer you to my friends. So why not? Bring them all under one roof and the Dreamly umbrella. And I'm happy to welcome them back in the family. Bad Boy MMA will be there too. Everlast, all those great brands. Can't wait to sell them again. Can't wait to deliver them to my favorite guys and the people that visit the website. T-shirts, sell on sale. They are selling off the shelves. So be sure to get a great T-shirt. Muscle T-shirts, female T-shirts, male T-shirts. is their hottest sellers. So make sure you grab a T-shirt. MMA gear, our Dream League uh, Pride Gloves. We'll be having more MMA gear loading up into the store. More surprises on the way. Great guests coming on the podcast. And thank you, by the way, so much for keeping locked down to the Dream League Podcast. We have a huge network. MMA Destruction, we, we love them. We love bringing Don McGuire on the show and bring on great guests. We've had superstars from Daniel Cormier to Rose Namajunas to Angela, who is a world champion. Every single guest, the great Lyman Good, was on the show tonight. Big, big things. I'm super excited about it. Many, many thanks to the great Lyman Good for coming on the show. Check out his gym, Tiger Showman's, in Manhattan, New York, and be sure to watch UFC Fight Pass to watch him debut. Watch his big fight. 
when he fights in front of his hometown crowd, I'm going to be screaming at the top of my lungs for him, and I hope you guys are too, and support our New York boy, wherever you may be, whether Ohio, California, all across the world. I know we have international fans because I just shipped out stuff to the Netherlands today and uh, Paris, France. So I know we have fans internationally. Support, support, support Lyman Good. Thank him. Thank all of our great hosts from different coasts. Thank you, Brandon, my great friend, Mac. Thank you so much to John, and thank you to the great Hollywood Adam Ogun. And we'll be back in just about two weeks. So keep it locked in. Keep on with DreamLeapPro.com. Guys, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor always talking to my favorite people, which is you, the MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. Whatever you dig, I dig talking to you. So have a good night. Keep it locked down, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Have a great rest of your night, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a good night, boys and girls. Hey everybody, this week's podcast is brought to you by DirecTV. Not many people know this, but when MMA was rising from the dead, DirecTV was one of the first providers to air both Pride FC and UFC. Cable-crushing deals starting at $29.99, huge discount. If you visit thedreamingleapro.com and click the link. And if you aren't allergic to parties, sign up and start saving money today with DirecTV. Our Dream Elite podcast starring Max, Adam, Brandon, and myself. Welcome to Dream Elite Radio. Wait, wait, wait.